Welcome to the MDF podcast. This is podcast number three. This is actually going to be a podcast that was taken from an old podcast that I did. And I had a hard time letting this one go because it's got a very important message that I really want you guys to hear. So after this message here, you're going to hear the original podcast. And that's what you'll be hearing. This is episode three. We're going to be talking about PTSD and depression and veteran suicide. I really think it's a great message for you guys to hear. So we're going to jump on in and we'll just go ahead and listen together on this whole podcast. Today, we are going to discuss veteran PTSD, depression, and veteran suicide. So suicide has been an issue, and I know some of you have uh, recognized this and seen a lot of posts uh, over the past several weeks, months, maybe even years. And um, it's about 22 veterans every single day take their lives. And these are men that are feeling guilt. They may have uh, survivor's guilt. They may feel remorse. These are men that are feeling like they can't, they, they can't reach out to anybody. They, you know, they're scared. They feel like it's weakness if they reach out to somebody. And they, they feel like there's a dim future uh, for them. So I want to go ahead and introduce my two guests. I have two special guests today, Thomas Lewis and Yvonne Andrews. Thomas, if you could um, kind of introduce yourself a little bit, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, my name's Thomas. Uh, I spent 10 and a half years in the United States Infantry. Uh, had a lot of fun, did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I ended up getting medically discharged in 2015, and my wife uh, was put in the Navy. Or joined the Navy as an officer and corrected. Nope, losing you just a little bit there, Thomas. Can you still hear us? Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. We, we missed that last part. You said your wife went into the Navy? So lost my wife, my dad, and BJJ practitioner. All right. So I think we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with your feed a little bit, Thomas. Um, Yvonne Andrews, if you could introduce yourself and kind of give a brief description of what you do. Hi, I'm Yvonne Andrews. I'm a mental health therapist. I've been practicing for over 30 years. I work with veterans with the Veterans Outreach Center, and I work with veterans who are PTSD. Uh, some most have been suicidal at some point or are when I see them. And I work with a lot of depression and survivor's guilt. I also do life coaching for the same group of veterans who choose to not want to have mental health therapy for whatever reason, but life coaching seems like a better option. They get the best of both worlds that way. And I think it really works well because it doesn't matter how you help somebody, as long as you help somebody. Absolutely. Thomas, we had a great conversation the other day and I was, I was, I was hoping you'd share uh, the story you told me and uh, Yvonne the other day. And if you could tell me how you managed to take care of yourself and, and take care, take charge of your life right now after overcoming some of those, some of those uh, troubles that you're having. Uh, when I first got out of the military back in 2015, uh, it was, it was troublesome. Um, I got out, you know, I'd been, I'd been a staff sergeant. I was in charge of a squad and everything. You know, I, I was, I was, I was door kicker, you know, I was the guy, uh, I had been a guardian angel and everything, you know, I was, I had all these responsibilities and everything and suddenly I had nothing. I had my four-year-old girl, my little four-year-old girl dropped in my lap. My wife took off for deployment within two months of me getting out of the military. It, it was a culture shock to say the least. Um, 
And I'm not going to lie, it really got me down. You know, I felt like I couldn't do anything. The job that I had uh, originally contracted for ended up falling through. Uh, I, you know, I was basically just at that point. I wasn't used to that, not mentally and not physically. Uh, I ended up ballooning up to 215 pounds. Uh, my natural weight was about 170 when I got out. Uh, I just, you know, I was eating all the time. I was depressed. Uh, and then my, my mother offered to take my daughter for a week. And I, you know, readily agreed. I was like, yeah, you know, let her go. And uh, about five days into it, I hit my lowest point. I, uh, I loaded a 45 and I thought, you know, everybody was going to be better off without me. That's truly how I felt. Um, and I'm, I hate to bring religion into anything, you know, because I know some people aren't, but I should believe an act of God happened that night. Um, as I was getting ready to pull the trigger, my phone went off. And I just had to look down. It was my mom. She was calling and I answered it and she said, you know, hello. And I was crying a little bit and she could tell my voice was uh, upset. And she asked me what was going on. And I said, Oh, it's nothing. I'm watching a, watching an old movie. You know, I'm just a little sad. That's all. And she goes, well, your daughter's freaking out. She wants to speak to you. She's been crying for the last five minutes to speak to her dad. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, put her on. And as soon as she got on, she, you know, she told me how I sounded sad and I looked sad. And I said, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm upset because you and mommy are gone right now. And she said, well, daddy, I, I love you. Please, please, I love you. And she just kept crying. And it, it broke me at that moment. Um, I knew in that, in that moment that, you know, I, I can't do this to her, you know. And uh, it, it really touched my soul. And uh, I called a friend of mine. And I said, you know, I called him. He was a uh, former soldier of mine. He was in Georgia. And I asked him, I said, you know, hey, you know, I, I don't want to be alone right now. You know, what should I do? And uh, he said, man, you know what? You were great at combatives. You know, you were, you loved fighting. He said, why don't you go try Brazilian jiu-jitsu? He said, I really think, you know, it'll help get you out of the house and get you around people of a like mind. And I said, all right. Uh, he told me of a place called Independent MMA. And I, I went out and tried a class and I fell in love. I, you know, it, it got me out of that dark moment where I couldn't see the light. And suddenly, you know, I was, I was fighting again. I was, I was moving. My body was, you know, getting rid of these nasty foods that I was putting into it. And it, it made such a difference, you know, to get my physical body moving that my mental state started to improve. Um, I picked my daughter up that, uh, that following Monday and she was so happy to see me. And I, you know, I introduced her to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and now we've been going strong for uh, right at about four and a half years of doing BJJ and working out together and, you know, giving back to the community of veterans because it, it helped me realize what was going on. And just like any fight that you're in, you know, if anybody's ever been in a fight uh, overseas or whatever, you learn from it, you do an AAR. And I AAR'd myself, you know, that this was, these were the signs, these were the symptoms. And I started getting help. I started reaching out. And I think that made the biggest world difference was reaching out and talking to other people about it rather than trying to bottle everything up. Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things I heard the most is you found a group, right? You found it, you found a team. You, us as veterans, we're used to having that, that group, that, that sense of brotherhood, that sense of structure. And when we get out of the military, that's all gone. That, that's all taken away from us. Like we, we have this structure that we're used to. We have our brothers that have our back, but we're out and we try to do this all on our own. Right. And, and we're just not wired that way. We're not wired to do things all on our own. We're used to someone, telling us to do something and we're used to our brothers having our back. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, I teach one of the kids classes and I have them say one team, one fight every time we do push-ups. 
I go down one team, they all yell one fight. Uh, and that's really what it was. I mean, I forgot the first rule of a firefight, bring friends. And the second rule is have your friends bring friends. I mean, <laughs> and when you start forgetting the rules of a firefight, you're going to lose. And that's what was happening. I mean, I think that's a lot of veterans today that are suffering from depression and stuff. We forget to reach out. We forget to build those connections because there's an old saying, cold is the brother's back that has no one to stand at. And, I mean, I've, I've told some of the guys, you know, that I've worked with, especially, you know, when they're contemplating going down a dark path, stand with me, man, put you back to mine and we can fight. We can do this together. You know, as long as we're back to back, the world, the world can't overcome us. So, and I think that's one of the biggest things, especially with the veteran community and, you know, seeing it in both the army and the Navy, um, you know, through my wife's career, it's, it's a huge factor of being able to have somebody that you can call on or, you know, when you have that weak moment and have to take a knee, they're there to pick you back up. You know, I mean, uh, I know those that, those that have cleared rooms know that you can't stand back up on your own. You got to have somebody grab your harness and pick you back up. And that's kind of what happens. You know, we, we fall down and we forget to let somebody pick us back up to help us. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We, sometimes we, we, us being macho men, we just don't want to reach out and ask for that help because we feel like it's less manly, you know? Um, Yvonne, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. You have over, you said over 30 years experience. I want to hear uh, things that you've learned in the past or, or things that you've learned through your course of your career. Okay. Um, you know, I think you have a good point. It's the macho man syndrome and, and it's almost the military teaches you to be very independent and strong all the time, no matter what. And, you know, leave no soldier behind. You're always there for the other guy. You're right there. You're supporting people so you don't really get involved as you're suffering and a lot of people in general everybody even understand that they're actually suffering from PTSD because they went through an event that in times of war in times of tragedy and COVID-19 seemed pretty normal that everybody else is doing okay, but they affect each, each person is different and how it resonates and how it triggers emotions with you. And for a lot of uh, soldiers, they come back and say, well, I'm not sleeping. You know, I'm having vivid dreams. I'm, I was, if somebody wakes me up, I'm, I feel like I'm ready to, to reach out and punch somebody. I am jittery, I'm hypervigilant. I'm not feeling good, I'm eating too little, I'm eating too much. I'm feeling really depressed. I feel like I shouldn't even be here. I should have been the one to die while I was overseas with just survivor's guilt. And when you begin to listen and hear the story and you say, well, you know, it sounds like it, it is post-traumatic stress disorder. And the first question they ask usually is, what is that? You know, and then we go back and study and pull out the bat and find out how they affected you. And what are your dreams like? And what are the things that trigger you? Looking from fireworks to things that are on TV, it can be almost anything. It can be a car backfiring. It can be anything that's a sudden noise that all of a sudden puts you into, you know, fight or flight mode. And it really, really puts a, you know, makes life really hard for you. And for a lot of guys, when they're coming back, you know, they figure that it's a sign of just not able to function. And that depression just snowballs. It snowballs like, running around a hamster wheel like a snowball getting bigger to the point where they don't see any reason to 
be here anymore because they're weak. There's nothing they can deal with and everything is just too much to handle. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanna hear from both of you. What, what would you say to a veteran that is suffering and just feels like his family or friends would do better without them? I, I know Thomas, you mentioned that as part of your story. What would you say to another veteran if he's feeling this way right now that he feels his family would do better without him? The, the truth that is, nobody thing. does. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Vaughn. Okay, Thomas, I want to hear from you first. All right, Mr. Vaughn. <laughs> uh, I mean, personally, as you know, somebody who's gone through it, um, I would definitely tell a veteran that nobody's ever better off without you. No one. Uh, you know, short term, sure, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe my family would have been better off for a couple of days or whatever, you know. But in the long run, I wouldn't have been there for my daughter. You know, she would have, my wife would have had to find another male role model for her. You know, I mean, there's just so many things that the long-term effects of a short-term decision like that, it, it's not worth it. You know, it's, it, people need you. There's always somebody looking up to you. And that's something I used to say in my daily motivation was a lot, was that there's always someone looking up to you, someone learning from you. And, you know, when they see you fall and get back up, you know, and as I, I told you yesterday, my, my favorite stuff, thing in the world is if you can look up you can get up um you know and that's it's something I took to heart my daughter sees that you know in me my the kids that I teach see that you know they see that you know Mr. Thomas is getting his butt kicked out there but he keeps getting back up you know but when you fall and you don't get back up what kind of example are you setting what have you really done nobody's better off without you at that point in fact you you've hurt them you know you've given them a horrible example at that point and it just don't don't let it you know don't don't ever fall into that trap of believing it's true i mean it's just not absolutely Yvonne? Right. you have a great point Tom. That, you know i love some of the things that you said you know if you can look up you can get up in fact i'm probably going to steal that from you <laughs> but um <laughs> it's true it's great it's fantastic but you're absolutely right and, you know, if somebody's coming to me and they're saying they're feeling suicidal, well, the first thing, I don't want them to be alone. And I want to shut the door. I don't want them to think they just have an hour with me. I mean, when I shut the door and I put a do not disturb sign, it means I'm seeing nobody else until this is settled. And that means I listen to the story, whether it's 20 minutes or three hours, to just talk about it, get through it, help the, the veteran understand what he's feeling. And I also understand, I think, pulling from you, Thomas, is that, um, you know, your family is not better off without you. It's going to hurt them in the long run. You are valuable to the people that are involved in your life and that you're very important. Right now, you're feeling very emotional and maybe weak and feeling a lot of guilt. But there's lots of things that I can do to help with that. And I usually ask that you just give me some time and promise me that in between sessions, if you're not feeling okay, and I don't care what time of day or night it is, pick up the phone and call me. I will talk to you. You know, I'm always available. And if you really need me, I'm more than happy to be there for you. And I also try to find out, you know, if there are other veterans in the area that they're connected well with and make sure that they start to really develop that network group so they have each other to depend on. And, you know, I also think, too, that both of you have talked about, you know, the importance of exercise is huge. I send all my vets to the gym. I get them all a gym membership. 
I get them involved in groups that will just go out there. I have a hiking group that is functioning on Sundays right now and they're doing a great job. It's all guys with PTSD. It's absolutely imperative that they start to feel good physically so they can start to feel good mentally. Absolutely. Great words. I mean, you guys hear what, what Tom's name on is saying that there should, you should feel no shame of, and feel like you are not, are not deserved to, or feel like you don't deserve to live. Sorry. Um, you should never feel like your family is, is better off without you because it's not true. There's going to be someone in your life that is not better without you. There's someone that needs you. And some of the answers that we, we've addressed to this is get in the community, get in a veterans community, get hurt. It doesn't even have to just be a veterans community. Get in a, mm -hmm. get in a community period, because that's what we used to be in. Right. And seek professional help, right. Yeah. Seek help from somebody. It's okay to reach out and seek and seek for help. It's okay to reach out because there's a bunch of professionals out there reaching down to pull you up. Not only professionals out there, but your brothers and sisters who also serve in the military are trying to pull you up. Your family members are trying to pull you up, right? We all love you and, and your family loves you. There's no reason to go and take your life because there's going to be so many people, so many people that are going to miss you and they're going to be hurting because you're gone. So next, I, I kind of want to point out a, a couple things here. Um, if you're a family member of a veteran, or even if you are a veteran and don't really understand if you're suffering from PTSD, I kind of want us to review and go over some of the signs that you can, you can visualize and see if your family member is suffering from PTSD. Uh, we took a couple notes. Um, the three of us uh, talked the other day uh, about some of the signs and I kind of want to go over those. Um, we talked a lot about some veterans like to drink alone. Um, they, veterans like to be secluded from others. Veterans like to lash out. A lot, a lot of people with PTSD will tend to lash out or depression will lash out just for no reason. They may be unaware of their current situation. And I think Thomas, you told me that that was in your story as well, that there was a, a time where you just didn't know where you were. Um, and that, that happens a lot. And there's, there's veterans can be extremely emotional at some points, but also extremely locked down at other points. So these are some of the signs that, that you can see is that you can visualize to tell if your family member or, or someone you know, or your friend, or maybe even yourself is suffering from this. And Yvonne, do you, do you, have you noticed any other signs that you can mention? Yeah. In addition to being triggered by different things, being very jumpy around fireworks, TV shows, loud noises, things like that, uh, typically they tend to be very hypervigilant. So in, in going into a restaurant, instead of me looking at you because you're sitting across from me and talking to me, I'm looking around you. I'm looking to see who's coming into the building. I'm looking to see, you know, what is my best way out? Where can I take cover if I need to? And so I'm not really enjoying the dinner or the dinner conversation with you. I'm someplace else. And for a lot of family spouses and you know, children, they complain that they don't feel like they're being listened to by the veteran and their family because they're not. The veteran is being too busy keeping himself and his family safe as well. Also very jumpy. You know, if you're having a bad dream and I reach over and I touch your shoulder, you might reach up ready to just swing. And in some cases, spouses have reported getting hurt, being punched, not meaning, it wasn't, it was never meant to be an intentional blow, but it happens. Sometimes they are very, very angry and will punch walls, put holes in walls, kick doors, knock things over. 
it just because the emotion has to go somewhere. And it becomes, it becomes very, very difficult to sleep. A lot of veterans find that they're sleeping two to three hours per night instead of seven to eight or 10 hours a night. And once they wake up at three o'clock in the morning, they can't go back to sleep. So they're also running on exhaustion, which is making it very difficult for them to be cognitively present for their family or their job the following morning. Absolutely, absolutely. Thomas, do you have anything to add to any uh, any warning signs that you noticed and maybe some signs that you went through that uh, your family may have pointed out? Uh, definitely. Uh, one of, as I told you yesterday, one of the biggest eye-opening things for me was going to the board meeting. Uh, when I filed for my uh, claims and everything, a lot of stuff, you know, being the VA, a lot of things get kicked back and then you have to go and be reviewed. Um, and my wife had to give testimony. Um, and I had I gotten a bunch of character statements before that, probably about 40 to 50 of them uh, that had to be read. And I'll be honest with you, some of the stuff that I read was kind of hard. Um, you know, it was it was a shining the spotlight on the darkest parts of myself. And I think a lot of veterans, you know, just kind of we push it under the rug. You know, oh, it's not that bad. You know, I yeah, I lost my temper a little bit. It's not so bad. Listening to my wife talk about some of the incidents that had occurred. Um, it, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was an hour and a half drive back to the house. And, and uh, I asked her at one point why she was even married to me. And did she want to stay married to me? You know, not because I was mad or angry because I was, well, I guess I was, but I wasn't mad or angry at her. I was mad and angry at myself for letting myself get that bad before I sought treatment. Um, you know, and a lot of these things had been happening while I was in the service. It wasn't just, you know, when I got out, everything, you know, exploded. It was beforehand. Um, one of the times I'd mentioned yesterday, I put my fist on the table and I didn't think I hit it all that hard, but I cracked the table in half and then I lost my mind. I mean, I saw, it was one of the few times in my life I've saw red and I didn't know what I was doing. I was screaming, beating it to death with a, with a table leg. And my wife looks at me and goes, do you feel better? And I dropped the table leg and said, yeah, I'm going for a run. Well, as she gave her testimony that she talked about how she cried when I left the house that she was so in fear for her life at that moment, you know, that I'd never laid a hand on her. I'd never touched her, but that I was so angry and so destructive in that moment. She didn't know how to, what to do about it. And, you know, and I, all I could do after that was apologize and tell her how sorry I was. Um, and that was one of the times she told me, you really need to seek treatment, you know, and I, as most veterans will tell you, we hate talking to shrinks. We absolutely hate it. Most of them don't get us. They don't really care. They're there for the money. You know, there's a thousand excuses. But every now and then you find a good one like Miss Yvonne who, you know, hey, day or night, you call me. Let's make mm -hmm. sure you get better. And I mean, if I could say this to Miss Yvonne, thank you so much for what you do. Because, see, I mean, you're in the co-passenger seat with us when we're reliving this stuff. So not only do you, you know, get to hear about the trauma, but you get to see what it's done to another individual. And I know that it takes a toll. Um, you know, and I, it's, it's hard to open up, but once you do, you'll find out that just how bad things really had gotten for yourself, you know, because as I said, we look through rose colored glasses, you know, we, we glaze everything over and say, it's not that bad. It's not that bad mm -hmm. when really it is, you know, we, when the excuses fall down, we get to see what it's really like. And it's, it's terrifying sometimes. Yeah, it is terrifying. And finding a provider that you trust somebody who's actually going to listen to you. And hopefully that provider is reassuring you that I'm not judging you. You know, and I don't think you're weak. It takes so much courage for you to come in here and see me. Mm -hmm. And you made the first big stop. 
you know, and just kind of pull the positive back out of it. Because you know what, I think too many people, both in the military as well as in civilian life, think mental health and mental health providers are a sign of weakness, a sign of that you're not able to cope by yourself. I think that being able to say, hey, I need extra help and I can go ask for it is by far the biggest sign of courage that anybody can ever show. To be able to let yourself be that open and that vulnerable to, to somebody who can take that and really help you. you know, it, takes, it takes a lot more courage to ask for help than to go alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a very powerful message. Guys, it, it does take a lot more courage to just try to do stuff alone. You're, you're not, you're not going to get there. I mean, just look at any situation in this world. The most successful people in the world are not doing it alone, okay? There's people around them. They have a team. And you guys, it's the same for us. We used to have a team. We want a team now. We need someone to hear us. We need someone to talk to us. We need someone to ask us questions. But if you're not going to reach out to those people, then they don't know what questions to ask you. So again, to, to people that know, people that may be suffering, go ahead and start asking them those questions. How are you feeling? And if they're lashing out, there's, there's other resources for you. I've linked to the top of this uh, podcast um, a bunch of resources, including the Veteran Crisis Line. You don't have to be a veteran to call that. You can be a family member of a, of a veteran to call that crisis line. If you think a veteran is suffering or if you are suffering, please call that number. It's a, it, it's a three-point method. There's a, a number you can call, there's a website, and there's a number you can text. All right? You can do all three of those things. So I've linked that to the top. Uh, I've linked some other resources as well. Um, we went over some of them the other day and we tried to pull out some resources for you guys. Um, let me pull those up real quick because I had them in here. Yeah, so we got the um, Geese for Geese and that's the one. Thomas, explain a little bit what Geese for Geese is. Uh, Geese for Geese is a organization that takes veterans and active duty and if you can't afford a gee, they, they give one to you. Um, you know, they make sure what, uh, uh, what gym you're going to that way, you know, it's just not, you're reselling it and they, they give you a gi, um, you know, and it's, it gets you on that road, you know, it gets you started, uh, finding a team. And as I said, I tell everybody, BJJ is a lifesaver. Uh, everybody from, you know, stay at home moms to combat soldiers and everything else are doing jujitsu because it's a great workout mentally and physically. Uh, and for that hour or two hours that you're on the mat, the whole world just kind of drains away. Um, in addition to that, they have another organization called DD2, DD214 Fightwear. Uh, great, great organization. I've got one of their geese myself and two of their rash guards. Uh, their mission statement's amazing. They're out there supporting veterans, you know, trying to get guys into the gyms, uh, trying to, you know, help them see there's a team there, you know. And a lot of times when you go to these places, you find other veterans. You know, you find people you can connect with. Uh, like currently in my gym, we have four Marines, uh, seven Navy guys, uh, three of us are prior Army, and I think there's a couple Coast Guard there. You know, and I mean, it's just, it's, we're able to connect with guys that, you know, kind of know where you're coming from and kind of can shoot the crap with you a little bit. You can tell funny stories, you know, uh, like the one I told you the other day where I, you know, went clearing my house butt naked and ran out into the yard with a shotgun over a backfire. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those signs of PTSD, but looking back, we're able to laugh about it, you know, and not be embarrassed from it. 
you know. Um, and then there's also lift for the 22, which they try to get guys into gyms working out. Uh, it's, that is strictly, you know, go pump some iron, you know, get the blood flowing. And as I've said many times during this, that's the first step in the right direction. Uh, it's kind of like I think the uh, Admiral got on there during a commencement speech and said, you know, he makes his bed every morning because it's something he could control. Well, getting out there and working out is something you can do. You can find that hour a day. You can find 30 minutes in the day to get out there and work out. And these places try to help you and make sure that you're connected. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Again, that other resource is that uh, veterans crisis line. Please reach out to that veterans crisis line. If you are a family member or you are a veteran and also um, jujitsu may not be for everybody. Okay. So I do have a group that I run personally. It's called fit veteran dads. And it's a group where I help you guys get back into shaping, eat healthy, drop some fat and build up some muscle based on whatever equipment that you have. So there's, that is linked at, um, in the description as well. Um, please take a look at all those, those references. All right. And if, again, if you are a veteran or you are a family member of a veteran and you've seen any of these signs that we've discussed and your, and your loved ones, please reach out to that crisis line or reach out to somebody. And if you're a veteran that is suffering, get on a group, get in a group, be a part of a team. All right. I can't stress it enough. We all were a part of a team before and it was working for us why would it not work now, right? Yeah. It was certainly going to work now because we need our brotherhood. Um, and to the, the women veterans out there as well, and we're not neglecting you. I know there's, there's some of you that, that may be suffering as well, but there's a lot of male veterans right now that are just really struggling hard because of that brotherhood, brotherhood that we used to be a part of. And now we just kind of want that back. And that's that missing piece. That's that one missing piece that a lot of us don't have. We're trying to go at it alone and it's just not working for us. And they, you'll, you'll hear this from me. You'll, you've probably heard this from other people. If there's something in your life that's not working, that's what needs to be fixed. If something in your life isn't working, you need to assess the situation and see what can be fixed. And it's more likely that you're going at it alone. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank both of you for coming on this podcast today. We're going to go ahead and end this podcast now. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Both of you have a super powerful message. I think it'll resonate with uh, anybody that listens to this. If you're listening now, please share this with anybody, anybody that needs to hear it. Please share it with your groups. Um, I will be uh, saving this and trying to post this to YouTube. So I'll, I'll put the link of that inside um, the comments below because I know not everybody is a friend with me on my Facebook page. Um, so that link will be available as well. Um, that's it for today, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on this podcast with me and uh, spreading this message. You guys have a great day, right? Yep. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.